Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to your favorite news comedy podcast, News Fighters. It's episode 90 for Friday, November the 26th, 2021. I'm Dylan Bain, the La Nina of Wacky Clips. And now on News Fighters, joining us for a wrap-up of the year is our regular news correspondent, Beck Melrose. Beck, happy end of 2021. Happy end of 2021. We made it again, somehow. <laughs> Amazing, yes. Second year of the pandemic done. Let's see how many we've got left. Yeah, I, I worry that things aren't necessarily going to be improving in 2022. I'm not uh, ready to put my vision board down yet. <laughs> uh, uh, survival would probably be top of my vision board at the moment. And and looking back on on uh, 2021, what what overall do you what do you think you remember most? I think on reflection, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I just really thought the apocalypse would be harder. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Everything's so normal. Yeah, you know, I, I expected in an apocalypse. I was an anxious kid, so I was expecting things to be chaos. And I'm still getting my coffee card stamped at one local cafe. It's way too normal. You know? Oh, look, so- they, they did get rid of the bunning sausage sizzle for six months. It's only just coming back now. Like that is the apocalypse for for Aussies. Like, absolutely, yeah. That's that's the key sign that things are not well when Bunnings removes their sausage sizzle. <laughs> All those charities, what are they going to do? What's the local, you know, under sixes football team going to do without the sausage sizzle? Yeah, personally, I that my favourite apocalypse highlight, I never expected, you know, grew up watching movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact. They never mentioned the cheap avocados. <laughs> that was my highlight of the year. It's like the world is going to hell, but cheap avocados. I love it. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be able to afford houses right at the point <laughs> that they start falling into sinkholes, I reckon. Yes. <laughs> From all the money we saved on avocados, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. I was most worried though. There was a rug shop down the road from my place that's been gaslighting us with closing down sales for the last six years. That closed. Wow. And to me, yeah, that's bad. That's the economic canary in the coal mine, I reckon, is the rug shops. Truth in advertising, finally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Closing down, they really are closing down. I, I tell you what else was fun that I enjoyed this year. Uh, oh, yes. The one hundred and one doll squadron. Does that name ring a bell? Was this uh, something to do with the military? Was this a? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, squadron gives it away. Uh, they were uh, a squadron that was hired to perform at the launch of the HMAS Supply, uh, and the one hundred and one doll squadron was a twerk troop that performed. That's right. Yes, to christen the new aircraft carrier, and it was brilliant footage. They were fantastic dancers, and the dignitaries, I think, were not expecting that type of squadron at the the launch. Navy's top brass has seen a lot on the high seas, but certainly nothing like this. A scantily clad dance group putting on a risque show at the launch of a new ship in what's being called a 21-bun salute. It looks to me like many of the dignitaries didn't know where to look or what expression to wear. And I don't blame them. And from memory, it was like the governor general there or the governor or the defence minister and a very clever ABC news editor cut it together so it looked like these dignitaries were reacting to the to the twerking troop. And I think that they, they had to put out a press release or a statement later saying that was that was cut together. We, we, we weren't there. We weren't reacting. This was a separate thing. The ABC has tonight apologised for misleading viewers over its coverage of the Navy's twerking controversy. Major David Hurley and Fleet Commander Michael Noonan weren't actually there. Dragged into what has become a defence force scandal because of deceptive editing by the national broadcaster. And as a video editor who's, who's often edited footage to make dignitaries look like fools, I say, well done, editor, whoever did that. I think so too because it's the highlight of the footage for me is cutting to them and their bored faces. But I tell you what, in light of the scandals we've had this year, I feel like they couldn't win with that edit, could they? Because if they looked too enthused, I mean, we're just coming off the back of the desk wanking scandal. The last (laughs) thing that we want to see is people excited by dancers. So I, I, I think it was quite a responsible edit really, to be honest. It reminded me on uh, on a Chaser show, uh, very oddly, during I think the election of 2013, I think it would have been, um, the Miley Cyrus twerking at the VMAs. Remember, that was very, very controversial, but it was the same week as the Liberal Party policy launch. So I oh. edited together John Howard <laughs> watching <laughs> Miley Cyrus twerking. I didn't get in trouble for that. But it was a comedy show. It wasn't news. So. You can sue these editors uh, for stealing your material. <laughs> Look, to, to, to our credit, we're stuck in dark rooms all day with nothing to amuse us. Let us just cut together the footage to have some fun. <laughs> no, I'm all, I'm all for that. It was very, very funny. Um, and there was a, it was a big year for royal news as well. Oh, it was. Sadly, we had the death of Prince Philip. Um, did you watch mm-hmm. the funeral? I remember uh, his... Uh, his coffin was driven up on a land on a customized Land Rover, which I think really, you know, makes made it look very odd that it was a little bit out of touch with the people because nobody else I know has a customized Land Rover hearse. Yeah, no, that was a very, very odd moment. It kind of looked like the type of vehicle that you'd see doing a burnout for a gender reveal or something. <laughs> it was <definitely laughs> yes. a place at the funeral. 
But my favourite moment uh, of the funeral, I, I watched it and I actually was surprised by how emotional I was. I felt, you know, it was awful because at the end of the day, I mean, we made so much fun of them, but they're people and it was so sad. Well, they but sat was- the Queen by herself because oh, of COVID God. reasons, but they were milking that for all the emotion on, on camera. Oh, and I tell you what, it worked. I was a sucker for it. I was a mm. mess watching that. It was awful. But there was this really touching military tribute from his favourite regiment. Oh, yes. um, and that happened to also be the 101 doll squadron. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> right. They flew them over. He likes a bit of the twerking, doesn't he? Yeah, he did. A bit of a dutty wine in his honour, you know, rest in peace. So, And we also learned Lilibet, uh, the nickname for the Queen. Had you heard that before? No, I thought, is Lilibet, I thought that was one, is, is that the nickname of one of the grandkids? No, I'm not sure. Who's, who's Lilibet? Or is that the Queen's nickname from, from Prince Philip? It's the Queen's nickname from Prince Philip. But Interesting. After- yeah, yeah, it's interesting. After Prince Philip died, it's uh, now being trademarked as a sports betting app. So uh, <laughs> jump on and bet on which royal scandal will come next. Who was the mystery racist? Will Prince Andrew go to court? Lots of things uh, there that you can jump on and bet on. Yeah, we need more We need more gambling on the uh, – can you bet on when the Queen's going to die? Oh, this would be interesting. <laughs> I would not be surprised looking into it. You know, one of the, the things that they drew the line at was betting on COVID numbers, which is so grim. You could bet on what colour jacket Gladys was wearing. I think it was on That's right. But you couldn't bet on the COVID numbers. And it's not like we didn't have actual sport happening for people to bet on. Aussies will just bet on anything. <laughs> we'll bet on anything. We also had a lot of reality TV shows that we could have bet on. But everyone wanted a COVID market. Come on, let's make some cash off this apocalypse. And uh, moving on to, I guess, sport news. Yeah, sport news. I guess a lot happened in sport this year. We had the Olympics. We also had the mm-hmm. Tour, Tour de France, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the biggest crash in the Tour's history, which yes. is something people might have forgotten about. But there was a spectator who held up a sign to I say saw hello. It, I saw it happen live. I was watching. I was watching the coverage that night. Yeah. Did. It, it was a big crash. It was awful to watch, wasn't it? Mm, Brutal mm. crash. And were you madly Googling to translate what was on the sign when you were watching it? I I did. It was something in German, like hi, grandma, hi, grandpa, or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was like Ale, Omi, Oppie, or something like yeah, that, which yeah. was go or hello, grandma, grandpa. Yeah. But I, I felt it was awful. And watching it, you think, you know, people are training for this and it not only ended the tour for some people. Or, oh, you yeah. Know, they were riding was- with blood coming down their faces for kilometres afterwards. It was crazy, yeah. Awful. Mm. But, I mean, it was a sweet intent. It was one of those things where, you you know, you're furious at, at her, but at the same time you go, oh, that's, that's kind of cute, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I was pretty keen for her to get a second chance and I thought the perfect place would have been uh, ScoMo's bike ride during the G7 when he should have been doing some work. Yep. <laughs> Went on a little pub tour, didn't he? Aside from stopping off for a pub lunch on his drive down here to Cornwall yesterday, uh, certainly in terms of official engagements, he really hasn't done anything. One photo has garnered the worst response, and that's a photo showing Scott Morrison having a pub lunch on his way to the G7. Yeah, he did. That's quite quaint of him, wasn't it? While he should have been over there uh, doing some actual work, he was off doing a little Ancestry.com tour of, <laughs> of England, visiting lots of pubs. Uh, I, I don't know if you know what he found in his, his ancestry, but uh, I had a bit of a look and it sounds like he found a great-great-grandfather who uh, shot himself in the very spot in Cornwall after the 1897 Super League Grand Final. So, 
to be fair, mm. it, it's, we were we're not in the G7. We were just there to observe. So you know, I'm sure he could observe from the pub down the road. <laughs> he didn't have anything to contribute. Even the Queen was like, "Where were you?" He was like, "I was out having out having a pub steak." <laughs> She had attended an opening dinner for G7 leaders in Cornwall and asked Scott Morrison about his absence. Well, you were down there, but I didn't see you in, uh, in Cornwall. No, that was that was just the G7 members. We had uh, you were just well, a we were an extension <laughs> partner, as they yes. call them. But uh... <laughs> yeah, that's my excuse when I'm on Zoom calls in pubs as well. You know, I don't really need to be in this meeting. I'm just an observer, so I'm just going to put myself on mute. <laughs> And also on that note, there was that was the beginning of the big AUKUS alliance. AUKUS. Um, yes. <laughs> How about that? They're getting a refund on the submarine. Someone's been watching the checkout, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's, not, he's not a very good negotiator because after the G7 SCOMO went to um, meet President Macron in France over dinner and was meant to, you know, break, break up with him, basically, giving them bad news over dinner. And he wasn't quite ready to say au revoir to Europe, ducking across to Paris to say bonjour to President Macron. It has been a very busy week for the Prime Minister. He is now in Paris, where he has just met with the French President Emmanuel Macron. Ali? Do we know what they're talking about, Carianne? Something in French. Uh, not not <laughs> particularly. They've, they've both addressed the media, but it is uh, uh, not the most fascinating conversation. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps we just leave it at There's that. There's a photo walk. Excellent I question, Ellie. I get you. Sorry. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. And uh, he, must, he must have been just dazzled by him because I don't. he didn't give him the news. He just dropped some hints, you know, filled, filled his face with the souffle and, and left. And Macron thought the deal was still on. Oh, it doesn't surprise me at this point. I, I mean, he probably put Jenny on the phone and made Jenny do it over <laughs> the phone, I reckon. That would be his move. I mean, let's be honest, though, he's, he married the, the girl he met in, in high school. Like, he's just not good at breaking up with people. No. <laughs> oh, poor Jenny. <laughs> she had a big year. She did more work than him this year, I think. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, he was bunkered down with Frydenberg at the Lodge, acting like a, a, the odd couple sitcom, microwaving food while, while Jenny was looking after the kids in Sydney by herself. Because it's just the two of us there and after, after we've had dinner, we, you know, we both get the scrubbing brush and, and have a go for it. You might not believe it, but it's true. And uh, we pop, we pop the, the, the spaghetti bolognese, or last night it was the schnitzel, into the microwave. And he also put himself on mute at the um, climate summit that Joe Biden organised. Do you remember that? Australia's muted message to the Global Climate Summit, not what world leaders want to hear. Mr Prime Minister, I'm not sure we're hearing you. The world watching, but not hearing. Glitches eventually unglitched. <laughs> That's right, yes. Oh, and we didn't have anything to... interesting to say anyway. <laughs> no, no, exactly. He'd just be avoiding saying that, you know, he hasn't started any work on um, climate targets actually, so <laughs> probably good he was on mute. Oh, yes, that thing. 2030. Oh, it's a bad connection. I can't hear you. Yeah, exactly. I'm not uh, sure if I'm buffering or if I'm underwater. <laughs> yes. And speaking of the environment, um, remember the ocean caught fire? When was this? It may look just like a scene from a disaster movie, but this is real. This video captured today when the ocean caught fire in the Gulf of Mexico, just west of the Yucatan Peninsula. Fire control boats were sent to pump more water over the flames. Oh, could you get a clearer sign of the apocalypse than the ocean catching fire? Mm. That footage was unbelievable, wasn't it? Mm. 
it was wild, just a massive portal of fire in the ocean. But the thing that stands out for me looking back on that was that tiny little tugboat that was pictured just outside right. the range trying to put out the fire with a hose. And I just, it was the perfect metaphor for this year, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, also like what Australia is trying to do with carbon capture. It's like, it's maybe it's helping a little bit, but not really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's me using paper straws yes. as the world burns. And it, it wasn't a good year for waterways because we also had a, a ship got stuck in the Suez Canal, I think in March, and now nobody can get a bloody iPhone for Christmas. <laughs> This is not the view you want when navigating the Suez Canal. A giant container ship wedged from bank to bank, blocking one of the world's most important shipping lanes. The 400-metre-long Ever Given got stuck on Tuesday morning, running aground in high winds reportedly after a power failure on board. And didn't it go to ship jail for a little while? I didn't know there was such a thing as ship jail. That's right. They wouldn't. Once it got out of the canal, they were like, it was like it had stayed too long in the parking spot, and they were trying to find, find it or something. And there was also a moment in the Ever Given where they tried to blame it on a woman captain who, from memory, had nothing to do with it. wasn't even on the ship. <laughs> typical, was, yes, typical. Women ship drivers, am I right? The, the, did the man captain just be like, "Wasn't my fault"? <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to put Jenny on. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was also the year of the 2020 Olympics. Uh, what? I can't believe we had the Olympics in the middle of a COVID emergency. We've got another Olympics in a month or two. <laughs> the Winter Olympics are in January. Where are the Winter Olympics held this year? Uh, Beijing again. So we'll see how that goes. I wonder how many athletes oh, suddenly God. disappear and wind up posting very insincere Twitter messages saying they're fine. Oh, wow. Here we go. What is going on here? It was nice to have the Olympics, though. I, I At the time, I really thought it was a terrible idea and I was, you know, not not behind having the Olympic Games. But when it came along, it was so inspiring. It was also good because the Olympics hit right when we hit that big lockdown and everyone was freaking out. So instead of just watching COVID numbers bounce up and down every day, we could watch people bounce up and down on the trampolines. <laughs> exactly. It was much nicer than watching the press conferences, that's for sure. Um, and what else? I mean, I, clearly the biggest story this year was was COVID, same as last year. I wonder how many more years this will go on, go on for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about us, but every time we do a podcast, it seems to be another outbreak. So look <laughs> out. <laughs> now we had Delta arrive in style in Sydney, didn't we? Sydney is once again on COVID alert. A man in his 60s from Bondi has tested positive to coronavirus. He works as a hire car driver and his jobs include transporting international air crew. And we went into lockdown, the lockdown we had to have for two weeks and ended up being, what was it, four months, five months? Roughly four months, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you run the Bunning sausage sizzle, it's still going. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that worried about Delta, but I don't know about you, uh, but there was a moment for me where it kind of clicked, oh, this is a game changer. Things are really um, ramping up here. And it was when I heard a press conference from West Virginia's governor where he was reacting to the Delta strain arriving there. Let's have a listen to that. Y'all going to excuse me just a second. I'm, I, I've got to go pee and then throw up. And, uh, and, and because uh, the information is not pleasing. Now, is that him reacting to having COVID or just how Americans dealt with COVID. <laughs> he could also be trying to get a job at Amazon to piss into a bottle, really, to be honest. 
Absolutely. No, that was his reaction to the Delta variant. And uh, after I heard that, I thought, yeah, I think I want to piss and vomit as well. It sounds pretty scary. Uh, And locally, we also had some interesting reactions, right? We did too. New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard was trying to convince young people to get vaccinated before their HSC. And he was trying some pretty tempting tactics to convince uh, Gen Zers to go and get the jab. One, he was reminding them that if they didn't, they couldn't do their HSC, which I don't oh, know about. Damn. I know, right? That would not have convinced me as a kid. I would have been like, yeah, right. I think I'm anti-vax now. So as if that wasn't enough, he decided to name drop some very, very relevant generational celebrities to try and convince people to go to Kudos Bank Arena. Let's see who he name dropped. We've seen our Olympic stars go for gold. Uh, we've seen uh, the most amazing uh, stars in the Kudos Bank Arena. I think there's been uh, Lana Del Rey, uh, Keith Urban, Pink, Madonna, uh, just so many people. Um, you had the chance to go to that stadium next week and actually land some gold by getting your first vaccination. Okay, interesting mixed metaphor there. Lana Del Rey, Pink, Madonna, Keith Urban, and then he thinks they're, t- they're athletes because he says they can get some gold. You can be like them. I'm very confused. Oh, it was circa all the go for gold. It's not a race. And suddenly it was a race and we're going for gold. And then there's Keith Urban and Madonna and Lana Del Rey. And yes. I can understand why there was vaccine hesitancy. It's a very confusing message, that, isn't it? It was an interesting time because they were like, everyone go and get vaccinated. And the supply wasn't there. It was August and people were going, oh, I got a booking for October. Great. <laughs> All, all the vaccines were on the Ever Given or something. Yeah, probably. And then ScoMo <laughs> jumped on the phone and uh, got some from Poland for us. A lifeline from an unexpected ally, Poland, gifting Australia one million doses of Pfizer vaccine. And I particularly want to thank uh, Prime Minister Morawiecki. Oh, Poland, that uh, classic Australian ally from way back, saving yes. our butts with the Pfizer, weren't they? Poland, Singapore, and the UK. It's interesting. I think was he just going through the phone book? I think calling everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't Kevin Rudd doing that for him? Kevin Rudd was actually calling the companies. I think ScoMo was almost doing like the garage sale approach. Like you know, you know, if sometimes your mates have you know leftover beer from a party. He was like, "You got any six packs of Pfizer left over there, Poland? We can have." Oh, we had nothing to trade either at that point. What does Poland want from us? You can't give them anything. Avocados, maybe. They're quite cheap. (laughs) We have lots. And as if that wasn't enough, we had a dating app released for the unvaccinated. There was a, I can't remember what it's called, like inject or unject. Oh, my goodness. Uh, They they just meet at protests. That's the number one date they go on. (laughs) Well, I mean, they were the only people who really could meet up in lockdown at these protests they they were having meet cutes in person i don't know why they needed an app the rest of us needed the app get off our apps yes i think they missed a chance though to call the app okay stupid i think that ah, would yes. have been a uh, the old pickup lines baby are you 911 because this bush needs a distraction Bit nice. of yeah i would have slayed on uh, on okay stupid but unfortunately i'm vaccinated so i missed out <laughs> Uh, And finally, you know, we always like to finish with any fun, light and happy animal stories. Any animal stories grab you this year? Yeah, look, I watch news. I know how the news is supposed to end. So I didn't want to end on a really grim note. So uh, I thought I would bring you my favourite story from the year. Very cute animal story. A man put an eel up his rectum to cure constipation 
He nearly died, <laughs> but guess what? He didn't. And the eel lived to tell the tale. So what a sweet little anecdote. The world might be ending, but I tell you what, that's one to tell your grandchildren. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, what an uplifting note to finish 2021 on. <laughs> yes, just that might be my vision board for next year. Be like the eel. You know, you might be feeling like you're squeezed inside a colon of a constipated man. But just hang in there because there is literally a light at the end of that tunnel. So Yes, just eat shit now and everything will get better eventually, (laughs) hopefully. I don't know. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Beck Melrose, thank you so much for being here throughout the year. An absolute pleasure. Couldn't have done the show without you. Um, Where can people find you and uh, any gigs coming up? Uh, you're, I hear you're writing for the yearly this year. Yes, I am. That's been great fun and, and grueling at the moment too. It's brilliant. Uh, you can follow me on at Beck Melrose at Instagram is probably the best place to find me. And I'll post there about some upcoming shows for next year. Amazing. Thanks, Beck. Thanks again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Alrighty, that's News Fighters for today. Very special episode. Thanks to Beck Melrose for recapping the year with us. And a big thanks to Beck uh, for being on the show throughout the year. And uh, also a shout out uh, to our new Patreon supporter, Mish. Thanks for joining up, Mish. Mish, as a Patreon supporter, is going to get uh, our special monthly bonus episode, which I'm about to record. And this month, I'm reviewing Harry Potter movies. Why not? There's also lots of uh, outtakes and uh, behind-the-scenes chat and all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, as a Patreon supporter, uh, Mish is also going to get early access uh, to our um, end-of-year recap uh, monologue episode, uh, which will be out sometime around Christmas. So if you want to sign up to our Patreon and get uh, those bonus episodes and early episodes, do so at patreon.com slash newsfighters or... You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. No bonus episodes. I just get a coffee. I like that deal. Also, just a reminder, we uh, don't advertise on Facebook. So if you want to keep up to date with what's happening, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at newsfighterspod or join our free newsletter at newsfighters.com. All right. Next week's our last regular episode for the year. Uh, We're going to be releasing best ofs throughout the summer. So, um... Uh, stay tuned to our uh, podcast feed if you're not subscribed on your podcasting app. And if you are on our podcasting app, jump on our YouTube at youtube.com slash newsfighters. And uh, we might even have some bonus content, bonus episodes, bonus little bits and pieces come out throughout the summer there. So, yes, join us next week when our guest is former President Barack Obama. Not confirmed. And before we go, here it is for the second last time. Your whiff of pine. When I was fantasising about what jobs I might have post-politics, not recently but years ago, <laughs> and thinking I might actually not be qualified for anything, uh-huh. I thought the two jobs that I could do yeah. would be an information officer at the airport Yeah, and I could wear one of those red jackets with an eye on the, pa- on the pocket. Was that the attraction? No, <laughs> it wasn't part of the attraction because the second job was yeah. being one of those dancers on a cruise ship. <laughs> 
who wear, now this is a true story, who wear yellow jackets and because there's a lot more women who live to old age than men, yes. the women go on these cruises yes, 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 and yes, yes. they want to dance. <laughs> And but of again, course, there aren't the... enough men. So there's there's these men who wear these yellow jackets, and they sort of because they're in the yellow jacket, people uh, think, <laughs> "Oh, that's somebody I can go and ask to dance with." And then they dance with these cruise ship dancers. I thought, well, I could do that, or I could do the information job. Well, there's still time. <laughs>